Good morning. The church is asking us a question. Are we blind or can we see? Are we blind or can we see? We just heard the gospel according to St. John, chapter 9, verse 1 to 38. Just want to meditate on a few parts of the story. It's a beautiful story. Uh, in the church, we read this story twice. One is today, eight weeks before Lent. And the second is the sixth week of Lent, the Sunday before Palm Sunday. So it's an important reading. The church is telling us this is important. We have to focus on it. So if we go uh, piece by piece, we'll see what we can learn. So if we start from verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Okay, so the church fathers actually explained this. And they say that the man actually did not have eyes. It's not that he had eyes and he couldn't see, but it's actually that he didn't have eyes at all. So he was born without eyes, just to clarify. Verse 2, And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Why would the disciples ask this question? And maybe at first it seems like a logical question to ask, and maybe also in our culture it's something logical. We want to find what's the cause of this. Who is to blame for this, right? And if we look at the Gospel of John in chapter 5, we see that the Lord heals a paralytic man who was, uh, had an infirmity for 38 years. He heals him, and he says to him something after the healing. He says what? Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So the disciples were there. So when they see this blind man... It seems logical. Well, that guy who was uh, paralyzed for 38 years, his, his infirmity was because of sin. So what happened here with this man? Who sinned, this man or his parents? What does the Lord answer? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. And when you research this verse, it's very good news for us. Because sometimes we believe that things happen to us because God is trying to punish us. Or things happen to people because of sin. And it's the result of sin. And yes, these, this man and his parents, we're not saying that they never sinned before. But what the Lord is saying is that this blindness was not a cause of sin. But what was the cause of this blindness? That the works of God should be revealed in him. So, sometimes we ask questions about things happening in our life. Or we ask questions about, you know, why does this person in my family have this? Or why am I going through this? And sometimes we want to blame God or we want to blame someone for this. But when we look at this verse, it makes us question that logic, right? Because he says the works that the works of God should be revealed in him. The Lord had a purpose for this infirmity. As hard as it was for this man, and as hard as it was for his family, the Lord had a purpose behind it. And we're going to learn about that purpose as we go along here. So, just the first point for us to meditate on is, when something happens or is happening, the first question that I should challenge myself is, not to ask, why is this happening? But ask, why God 
are you allowing this to happen? What do you want, God, from this situation? The Lord goes on in verse 4. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me. I must work the works of him who sent me. Okay, what does this mean? I must work the works. What is the work that the Lord has to work? <laughs> okay, it's kind of a play on words, but it's very beautiful. So what is the work of the Lord? It is to create. It is to create. So when the Lord works in us, he's creating something. And not only is he creating something, but he's creating something new. Right? And that's why this gospel points to the mystery of baptism or the sacrament of baptism. Because what is the Lord doing in baptism? He's creating something new. Okay? And that's the work that he must work. And that's the work he wants to do in us. But we need to participate in that work. And we, we're going to see what that participation looks like. Let's go to verse 6. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. This is an amazing verse when you look at it. Because the Lord didn't explain what's going to happen. He didn't tell the blind man, go, and when you do this, you're going to be healed of your blindness. He doesn't say that. He just says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. What does he do, the blind man? He goes and he washes. And we read the verse and it's kind of quick and we don't really focus on it. But if you think about it, the blind, this blind man had to go with saliva and clay on his eyes, walking through the town, potentially people ridiculing him again, right, to go to this pool, not knowing what's going to happen. But he was obedient to the Lord. And it's that obedience that the Lord is telling is telling us about and the church is telling us about that blind obedience although he was blind but he also obeyed blindly as well and that's something beautiful many times i myself will ask a million questions okay i'm gonna go and what's gonna happen what what's gonna happen to my what's gonna happen to the clay like what's gonna happen after that and how is that gonna happen and i asked a million questions this guy didn't he just obeyed So we're going to skip to verse 33. And then there's an interaction between this man and the, and the people, this man and the Pharisees, and they're all debating, okay, what happened? How did this happen? How could this happen? Right? And he starts to preach to the Pharisees and tell them that, hey, this guy is, is different. This guy, he must be different. So verse 33 says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. What did they respond? They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. So if you think about it, this man was blind his whole life. His parents and himself were ridiculed. This miracle happens. They still ridicule him. They still don't believe what he says. And they cast him out. And when, when we understand they cast him out, it means... They actually exiled him. They shunned him from society. They said, you are no longer part of society. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your identity. You're going to lose your place in society. Even people who pass by to give you money, that's not going to happen anymore. 
You're completely gone. So if you think about it, he suffered his whole life, and then the part that's supposed to be like the, the happiest part of his life, they shunned him out completely. What did the Lord do at this point? 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? This is a beautiful verse. Why? Because he didn't do anything wrong. He was cast out by society, and the Lord comes and finds him. And in the Lord coming and finding him, he reveals himself to him. And this is where he receives his sight, but he also receives his spiritual sight and his salvation. How did that happen? Because he was cast out. He was able to receive the Lord when he was cast out. So many times, many times we focus on justice and we say, well, how is this fair? This happened, this shouldn't have happened, right? But we forget about the end. What's the end of the story, right? So in this case, what's the end of the story? Is that this man was estranged from society, but he received salvation, he received his eyes, he received his spiritual eyes, and he received the relationship with Christ, which, which he was longing for. So in the end, was it fair for this man who was born without eyes to live his whole life in blindness and to be shunned from society? Was it fair for him? The church fathers say yes. The church fathers say this man received so much because of his blindness. Because of his infirmity, he received the blessing. Because of his infirmity, he received sight. Because of his infirmity, he received salvation. This is a wonderful message for us this morning and for myself, right? Is that many times we look at things in our life and we ask God, why? why? How could you do this? Right? But we forget the end, right? And what the Lord cares about is the end. So we also should focus on the end. And we should have the perspective that God has. So I ask for myself and for all of us that we may have God's eyes to see when something happens, what does God want? How can God be glorified? Glory be to God forever.